1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Yes, I do. Oh, nice. Not not well anymore, but... Uh... Does she speak it, really? Because she, like, I was like, we. Oh, she's like, oh, you're not French. That's oh, a great really? way to go. She's like she's like giving you orders in French. So right there, you guys uh, heard a little talk from uh, Luke Janian. He'll be on our podcast uh, in a little minute. Uh, but welcome back to yet another episode of Rig for Dirt. This is Ali, uh, your ever faithful host, and uh, this is the podcast that brings the adventure or somebody's garage, or somebody's shop to you. <laughs> We've changed a bit since uh, we got started. Uh, we get what we can. Um, I'm joined today by a lot of friends. Uh, we've just been having an epic time out in the Anza Borrego Desert. Uh, that's down south, uh, Southern California, but South, South California. And uh, it's a beautiful and unique place where the landscape is ever-changing and the the vegetation right now is pretty lush because of all the rains we've had. Um, but it's a beautiful day, getting some sun, much needed sun uh, after all these rains. And uh, yeah, I had the opportunity of spending the last couple of weeks in and out of my buddy Jerry's shop, who's joined me right now. Jerry from Tumbo Tusk. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. This has been an awesome trip. Yeah. We've had a great time here. Yeah, this was kind of like a... You know what? I told you last week, last Friday. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, there's this trip. You're like, I'm in. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm glad I was. Yeah. And uh, so tell me, tell me about Tembo Test. First of all, if anybody wants to is listening and wants to go check it out real quick, where do they go? Well, you can go to the website uh, tembotusk.com, or our Instagram, which is also uh, Tembo Tusk, one word, okay. and uh, you can find us there. Either one. So. Tembo, I, I mean, ever since I've ever been into overlanding, I've had a friend that's had one of your scottles, and I've actually had experience cooking on it. Even last night, I actually had to do an audible. We couldn't have open flames out at camp, and so um, I didn't really want to mess with the two-burner stove that I have, and your scottle was just sitting perfectly set up behind your truck, and I thought, way easier than trying to set up my stuff. Much easier to just walk it over here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's almost like a pun to walk because it is kind of shaped like a walk uh, a little bit. It's like it's a South African we, walk. Is yeah, we is? call it a shallow walk, but uh, scottle actually means shallow dish oh, no in kidding. Afrikaans. Okay, and uh, and it's it, it it comes from a snow or not a snow plow but a, uh, a tractor plow. Okay. And, oh, uh, it's like the dish. On it's the a dish. Plow? Yeah, the discs on the back of a tractor. No kidding. And uh, and the South Africans used to take these and. Uh, They'll put a burner underneath it and uh, cook out on the farms, and then uh, now they camp everywhere with them. It's just a, you know, a natural for them. So did you ever think like, oh, I'm going to get this, and it's just going to take off into what it's been taking off into? No idea. But uh, the funny thing is we used to have a South African pan. Uh, we'd go to trade shows. This was before we introduced it. And uh, we had to hide it. People kept going, oh, you sell that? You sell that? So no, it's mine. And we'd hide it underneath the vehicle thinking that it's going to disappear. 
and uh, and it came to a point where the the existing South African one we had just didn't work anymore, broke, blah blah blah. Right. Um, went to South Africa to buy another one, and uh, couldn't find what we wanted. You know, they had ginormous scottles that for the backyard. It's like God, that's not going to work for camping at all. So came back home, and we just with a friend. We put legs on it. We put a burner on it, and uh, on a 18-inch uh, plow, and it just worked. Wow. And then introduced it, and uh, people went crazy. It is literally the most commonly identified cooking utensil at any overland campsite. It's it's surprising. I mean, we're constantly surprised, a at what people cook on it. Right. Uh, I mean, they're so creative. And uh, they, they turned it into gourmet cooking on uh, while camping. I mean, that's a beautiful segue into our third guest. Hello, Mr. Marco Hernandez. Hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing, brother? Pretty good. I'm super happy to be here, to have you here in my backyard, yeah. and it's been amazing. Dude, it is always such a treat because you always take us to, like, the best spots. You know exactly where to be. You know if it's actually a place we should get out of because, like, for instance, yesterday was insanely crowded, actually. Yes. Never seen it that Yes. Way. Answer yes. has been crowded lately. Yeah. Um, eh, well, it's a popular yeah. popular uh, spot. The so, mounds are yeah. closed, too, right now. So that's one thing that we weren't even talking about yesterday was the fact that Big Bear, all trails in Big Bear are closed. Yes. So nobody's camping in Holcomb. Nobody's camping in any of the sites out there. Uh, everything's closed till June. Oh, PSA, guys. Everything's close to, I believe, June 31st, I want to say, 30, 31st. Yeah, yeah is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, and that that's all mountain roads, like, you know, unpaved roads, unmaintained roads, and all trails. Every single trail. Like, even the trail that goes into Holcomb Valley, you're like, I'm not doing Holcomb. No, no, no. Even the Holcomb Valley trails, even, uh, and especially the Holcomb actual Jeep Trail, John Bull, Gold Mountain, don't even try. It's yeah. not happening. And the fine is it's, big. It's really steep. So, if you are a individual... And it's funny how they worded this. If you're an individual, it's a $5,000 fine. Yes. If you get caught and they prosecute. I actually went the morning that they shut it down, and I had no idea. And uh, what ended up happening was we saw a ranger coming out of, we were on our way into Holcomb Valley, and uh, we were doing some photos because uh, got a little something, something coming up. Uh, stay tuned, but uh, check those Tread Magazine covers, all right, as they, as they come out. Um, <laughs> But uh, we were uh, we were doing some photos, and uh, we went to Holcomb. Ranger comes out and says, hey, as of right now, this morning, we just got the order that everything is shut down until June 30th. We thought he was, like, screwing with us. Like, oh, they're, like, trying to get rid of some of the yokels coming out from out of town. No. Um, we, I asked him. I'm like, okay, okay, well, look, there's snow right there. Can I get a couple shots just being on trail? And, uh, and he goes, dude, you could go all the way up to the gate and see for yourself that it's locked. And that there's a sign on there with the order written by whomever the name was that he said, uh, the head guy at the Forest Service. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, that works for me. I, I'm not picky. We'll just find some beautiful vista and, you know, get some shots. And there's a lot of, like, little corners on that road. Well, we drove for a while. And the only gate that was locked was the 2N09C, which goes into the trail. And so we went left from there. And there's a little tiny hill that's still paved. And that hill dips down into kind of like this this uh, hard right that that sinks down before you get into the long straightaway on Holcomb, and that that little area I know is a deep part of the road, and I saw as I was getting closer in the snow now, I saw a sign and I'm like that sign is usually six feet, 
and there was only two inches below the sign showing. And I'm like, that's really deep snow right in here because it had all settled in that little, you know. Anyways, we got stuck a little bit. And so I had to pull out my dead man. I had to pull out my warrant. Long story short, I think I was literally the cutoff of what was potentially acceptable, not acceptable of being up there. And from that day on until June, whatever I said, 30, 31st, uh, it is shut down completely. So don't um, make it easy on those guys. Don't go out there. Don't um, don't try to give them something to have to deal with because uh, I think that's what they're trying to mitigate right now. Granted, I'm against all closures. I think we're adults. We can make our own decisions. But when you have so many people going out on these trails, getting stuck, uh, getting actually in life-threatening situations, I, I think the, the Forest Service being so understaffed finally just says, you know what, it's easier if we close it, yep. and then we'll deal with it when it's easier to manage. And that's the reality. So the more you guys can volunteer, the more we can uh, help, I think uh, the more opportunities we'll have to keep trails open longer, especially with this precedent. Anyways, hi, Marco. How's it going, man? <laughs> Tangents. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Marco, uh, I've known you for a while now. We've been friends for a yes. few years. Um, I don't know what's going on, five or something? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, time flies but uh, as long as I've known you, you've been using this crazy disc-shaped cooking apparatus called the Scottle, and uh, you've made the most amazing meals. And I think the very first meal I ever had were your famous fish tacos. Yeah. It was on our way to Mojave. Mojave. Yeah. And I was yes. late. I was actually driving on a road. It wasn't a road. There just happened to be a road following the state line. This is how fresh I was. I didn't realize that that checkered line was the state map line and not a road. So I'm following the state line <laughs> and there happened to be a road on it and then it ended. And I'm like, where the hell are these? <laughs> now guys? where do I go? Where do I go? And I <laughs> finally, it's dark now. I've been driving around for two hours and I get to this campsite and Marco's like, Ali, get over here. And I go and he's got fish tacos like set aside on the scuttle. I'm like, this is amazing. You cooked everything on this. And he's yeah. And, you know, of course, Marco's food's just phenomenal. If you haven't gotten his food, thank his you. Cookbook, you should go check it out. Volume one. I'm looking forward to volume two. I'm working on it. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm happy to give you my recipes too for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. But it's 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 always easy to make, right? It's super easy to make. Super easy um, to make everything. Yeah. When uh, actually, when I started camping out here, one of the first person that I went camping with was Jerry. Actually. Right here. Yep. Our right here. From Remember, really? we used to huh. we used to camp a lot yep. together, and um, and yeah, when I saw the scuttle, I went like, oh, tacos, fish tacos, really? this and that. So you like saw it in your head. You're yeah, like, this could be perfect. Yeah. It, in Mexico, we use the disca, which is pretty similar. Oh, really? Uh, but the disca's larger, it's heavier. But the scuttle is just—it's always on my jeeps. I got one scuttle on each jeep. Actually, I got two scuttles here. And <laughs> you can't have enough. Your, your daughter's also <laughs> enjoying this, right? My daughter Amanda. has one, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just the perfect tool for cooking because it's super easy to clean. And, you know, once you get the hang of that, that, that uh, burner, yeah. you know, that you control the temperature, then you can make uh, awesome, awesome dishes on, on the scuttle. What's and, cool is it kind of has a built-in warmer, really. Yeah, it, right? yeah, yeah. Because I've yeah. seen you put tortillas on the edges mm -hmm. to heat up while you're actually cooking, fully cooking, like or frying fish in the middle, yeah. and the tortillas aren't burning because they just—it's like the radiant heat coming up from the from the hottest point, right? Yeah, like this morning I cooked the vegetables first uh -huh. and then put them on the side because I didn't want to burn. Right. And then I cooked the meat. While the meat was cooking, the vegetables were staying warm on the side, and then I just mix everything up and uh, 
Yeah, Marco did breakfast tacos this morning. I mean, when you when you show up at somebody's trailer and they're like flour corn, you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Either one. Either one. But you know, it might be a good time to do a PSA for okay. the Scottle. Okay, let's go. For new Scottle owners, biggest mistake they make, they turn the burner up too high. Yes. Okay. You got to start low and then slowly bring it up. More food, yeah. higher burner. But the biggest mistake they make is that they just crank it. And uh, that's you, you got to just calm yourself. Turn the burner down. Yep. Start cooking. Because it'll create a really hot spot in yep. the middle. And it, I, what I did, like, so I made my first time I actually ever made my Persian saffron chicken from scratch. Usually the Persian markets, they, I mean, you've got somebody's grandma's recipe that they're using at the Persian market. So it's going to be good, right? There's only so many of us here in the United States, you know? Um, so when I get it from there, everyone loves it. It's good. But I'm like, dude, I can make my own. I like making my own stuff like mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm gonna figure out how to you know what combination of ingredients you know my mom's a really great cook she used to cook all the time for us and so we talked and I got everything shallots onion lemon limes uh, water infused saffron water mm -hmm. uh, that I use as the like that's you can use the powder but it takes time to incorporate and get even you get it gets splotchy but if you pre-infuse your saffron in water, I won't tell you. I'll tell you off off this what my mom does. Yeah, it's like her special trick. Okay, cool. Um, but you get such a rich color depending on the way that you prepare your uh, initial saffron mix. Um, everything from a light yellow to a really deep orange. Yeah, it's uh, like paella. We use a saffron okay. in the paella. So oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, paella's got that nice, rich color yep. in it. And it's not a cheap uh, spice. No, it's not. It's really hard to, cult or, uh, to extract it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to the what Jerry says about, about the scottle, um, you, if you control that temperature, you can cook like a steak and then drop some uh, onions well, and yeah. milk and then have this uh, cream for the steak. It's just, you can do it. And well, that's what I was saying on the chicken. It's like, I had to do it on the scottle because we couldn't do the open fire. Yeah. And I started it low yeah. I saw the simmer. I'm like, okay. And then as I added chicken, you could see the temperature drop because then the bubbles kind of go away and you're like, okay. And then you could add more heat because now I have yeah. more, the more material. more food, the more heat. Yeah, yeah. more material on the pan. Yeah is absorbing that heat so it's not all building up in that central location right right correct and when you start low it actually makes the pan hotter over time uh, a lot of people you know you'll crank it up hot and the center gets hot but it doesn't expand the heat start low and the heat actually expands Got throughout it. the pan so marco what's your uh, experience like what are those tips it depends on the temperature if it's windy too, you have to consider that. But once you get the hang of it, it's just like you can you can cook uh, anything you want. Actually, got a beautiful visitor here. Yeah, we got little, <laughs> we got Luke's daughter cruising around. She likes to poke and pinch and grab little folds of fat. And I'm like, stop grabbing my fat! <laughs> Don't grab my fat! She's the cutest thing you've ever seen. She is the cutest thing. I mean, it's so fun. Like. Animals and little kids like that are the best things to have around camp because they're like distractions. They're just cruising around all the time. And, and they're just enjoying life. Yeah, it's like they're pure. Equally, the, 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 the dogs, no offense, I'm not calling your kid a dog, but the dogs and the kids, because I have two of my own, like they're like the camp like mascots yeah. as they cruise around. Well, and, and going to like the cooking side of it, you know, like it'd be really hard pressed you to like- yourself, please? Uh, hello, my name is Luke. He just stole the mic from me. Luke A. Shoots <laughs> uh, is my YouTube and Instagram. Anyway, 
something I noticed with the kids, I told Marco this. I'm like, man, nobody walks up to Marco and kind of goes like, oh, uh, oh and doesn't say, this is amazing. Mm. A kid will. A kid will be like, hmm, this is whack, you know, and she'll, and she'll be kind of she'll be kind of over it instantly. But, you know, with your with your food and such on it, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely like, she was like, hmm, and she didn't know what it was at first. Real quick, you know what? I like this. I can just give the mic over to Luke. We'll have Luke, Jerry, and uh, Marco talk for a minute, and then I'll be right back. All right, sounds good. But uh, I noticed with the kids, like, You'd give her something, and she, she'd look at it and be like, what's that? I don't want to touch that. And I'd just be like, take a bite. And she'd take a bite, and she's like, next thing I know, she's stealing my shrimp taco and walking away with it. And she's just eating it, you know? But, like, there's that honesty there with them, especially with the food. Oh, yeah. They know exactly what they want, and uh, they're not scared to tell you. Now, and that's how I started cooking, actually. I used to cook for my daughters since they were little. Now I cook for my grandkids. I got eight grandkids, and uh, they even have names for for the what I cooked to them you know it's like the grandpa special and so <laughs> oh, wow. so that's 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 how I started uh, cooking for for kids and so and you're so still you get to learn for grown kids yes <laughs> <laughs> we're <laughs> happy about that it's yeah. it and man I'll, t- I'll tell you you know same thing like I've seen your videos before I met you um we met on the KC trip yeah it was so, that was awesome and I was like oh I've seen your I've seen your videos and uh but, you know, everybody says, like, oh, it's so amazing. I'm like, yeah, we'll see about that. And then, like, you made me something out there. And I was just like, yeah, I think it was a taco. Or no, it was a breakfast burrito. And I was uh-huh. like, I'll give this dude's food a try. I was like, damn, it's really good. You know, it was, it was fantastic. We had pizza. That, no, yeah, you had, had pizza. Yeah, yeah. You and, in the scuttle? Or no, I met in the pizza oven. But we, what we met in the scuttle was that, um, that uh, filet mignon with the... Uh, uh, mushroom sauce yeah yeah i was really good and and you see that that's what going back to the controlling the temperature mm-hmm. you know i was able to make the filet mignon uh like medium you don't overcook a filet mignon and then i was able to do the uh mushroom sauce with everything that it was in still in the scuttle it was so good at summer camp at, at summer camp the i think it was the first one we did uh um Mike Hernandez, who's not your son, unrelated, uh, from Fieldcraft Survival. He used to run all. He still runs all their mobility, but he used to run Fieldcraft Mobility. Um, he's a avid hunter, and he had he had just recently hunted a deer, and he had brought was it elk? Elk. 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 Had, it was a backstrap, and he brought the backstrap, and that was he. You did your mushroom sauce mm-hmm. with the what I call the ahi of the land. Yes, and he seared it. It was raw inside and it was the most delicious thing so i've good. ever had with that little mushroom sauce oh unbelievable yeah yeah you, do, you don't overcook oh, elk battle, by the way. no you don't overcook elk no <laughs> i gave you some elk you yes yes and yes. two pounds of ground well you asked me to uh because that's frozen you yep. you told me to put it in the outside so i can cook for everybody but I decided to leave it frozen so I can take it home and cook it for myself. <laughs> I don't blame you. That was my that was my homage for you. Like, thank you. So the trip I met him on, I was on. I ride an adventure motorcycle ninety nine yes. point nine percent of the time. I'm on a motorcycle, a BMW, and uh, but this time I brought my daughter with me, and this is my first time actually, literally, overlanding or camping outside. Other than like, all of my outside camping's been hunting, so it's a little different where. You're going, you're parking somewhere for, you know, on a, my last elk hunt was seven days, you know, in the same spot. So it was, it was a little bit different, but I took, that was my first experience with the Timbo Tusk. Right. I had that with me and 
all the hunters on that trip were just like, what is that thing? You know, they didn't know what it was. And then they see me cooking on it. And next thing I know, my campsite became the most popular spot. Yeah, absolutely. You well, know. you know, the funny thing is, one of the unintended consequences of the Scottle is the social aspect. And uh, it's something we didn't realize at the beginning yeah. was how social it would become. Because if you're cooking on a two-burner stove, typically your back is to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you turn around and you become the center of attention. Yep. And everyone hangs out with you. And yeah. uh, and that's kind of, like I say, unintended, but it's a nice consequence. Yeah, yeah and for those guys, you know, everything they saw, because I had made friends for, with the guys from Romer and with Ali. So when I started seeing their things, I was like, ooh, like an, the awning or a fridge. Oh, the fridge was like, you know, I can't believe I have a fridge. Like, this is so rad. Well, the fridges are such game changers yeah. from yeah. coolers. Yeah. Once you get a fridge, you never go back. No, yeah. all those guys, the, the two biggest items that were purchased from that crew were the fridge yeah. and the scott. Every single one of them bought a scottle. Thank you. And they all have them now. So they show up and it's like, we got like five, six scottles at this year's <laughs> camp. And I was like, that's awesome. Wait, I'm not even going to set mine up. I got like, I got a bunch <laughs> of You can there. just go and eat off each one. Yeah, that was kind of my, I brought all this food on this trip. And in between Marco's cooking and you're giving us food. Ali's cooking last night. I was like, I don't have to cook anything. And what was crazy is how much my daughter loved everything. That's like, awesome. I did not think she would like everything. Right. And she she ate everything that there was. Uh, good for her. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, how I know you have multiple scottles now too, right? I got uh, two regular scottles and the adventure scottle. Oh, okay. So. I want to talk about the new Scottle real quick because I have currently with me the one I borrowed for this trip is the older one. But I walked over and I saw Marcos. So I was like, ooh, it's a little taller. It's a little different. What changes did you do? Well, you went, originally we had 28-inch legs. And uh, I got lobbied really hard by the tall guys. And they said, oh, we got to have a taller Scottle. And uh, we made taller legs. And that lasted for about a year. And then people go, yeah, we need adjustability now. And uh, so we came out with adjustable legs, brought the legs up to 36 inches, and the tall guys were like, yeah, we're happy now. And everyone else was super happy because they could adjust. You know, it's nice to have your scottle level yes. on uh, on the ground, especially if you got a lot of liquid in it. You know, if it goes off to one side, you know, sometimes it doesn't heat properly. So you level it, and uh, and it's perfect. And that's really a, a real game changer when uh, for the legs. And, uh, and I think people really appreciated it. Oh, yeah. And it works well. And then when they're collapsed, they're shorter, they fit better in the vehicle. Yeah, the pack the pack up of mine is much different than the pack up of yours. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you're just kind of in one small contained thing. I have a separate bag for the legs and then a bag for the, uh, for the Scottle itself. But um, now, the one that really spoke to me was your Adventure Scholar because I was like, I could fit that on my motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And you saw me cooking on that one trip. I had a little jet boil with a pan yeah. and the pan's about to fall over, and I'm trying to cook a steak. And I think you walked over to my camp like, what are you doing? I'm like, I think I had a deer. I had a deer backstrap with me I was trying to cook up. And I was just like, I can do this, you know? And I had this whole idea in my head, but when you get out in the dirt, it just didn't work. But when I saw that little adventure, I was like, I'm going to purchase one of those, like, I'll, I'll see you next week. I'm going to come pick it up. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is about the Adventure uh, Scottle? It was the motorcycle guys that asked us to make those, you know, the adventure bikes, because they wanted a better way to cook. They wanted something that would fit in the pannier boxes 
and they wanted it lightweight. So we managed, we put aluminum legs on it. They're short legs, 12 inches. Uh, and the whole package weighs, you know, what, three and a half pounds oh, in, awesome. in a 12 by 12 uh, bag. So it fits well on a motorcycle and you can cook anything you can think of on it. And there's no pots and pans. So uh, the cleanup actually that I've noticed on those things are insanely easy. Super easy. Um, super, super easy. And uh, that's trademarked and uh, patented right there. <laughs> that's my hashtag. This is hashtag, damn it. Um, but one, one thing uh, that I noticed on um, the Scottle is, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about needing it for uh, when you can't, like when maybe there's wind, your, your little setup isn't really working out too well for you, right? Um, what I noticed is, is that, it's oh my god i just totally lost my train of thought it happens from time to time um, <laughs> um when you're in a situation where you come to a campsite and you can't have a fire because my whole plan for the for the chicken was uh, we're back on track now uh, my whole plan for the chicken was i was going to dig a pit get some coals from the fire put it in the into the pit that i was going to dig in the ground i usually set it up with rocks and then i have these like little skewers uh, they call them sikhs uh, they're like mini swords and the chicken goes on there and then you know you get a just you grill them on on an open flame and it's it's freaking awesome but that was not happening at this campsite mm. and when you go into something with a plan like you said you're like oh i had a plan i, I knew what it was going to be and i had it all in my head i had all my stuff i'm like oh my plan is no longer valid well having something super easy to be able to pull out of your vehicle doesn't take a lot of room doesn't take a lot of space or you just steal the one from the guy who makes them, um, which I did. And uh, <laughs> and then you set it up, and it's so quick to, to cook. It's so quick to clean. It just really makes you wonder, like, why would you want to use pots and pans and this and that and the other? I mean, granted, Marco's an exception because Marco has a freaking, like, do you have a microwave yet? I don't, not yet. Not yet. I don't like microwave ovens. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. <laughs> but he's got he's got an oven. You've got um, a twelve volt oven. The pot, the pressure cooker. Oh, the Afghan uh, pressure cooker. Yeah. Yes. You made uh, some amazing birria. Uh, was it the birria that you made? Birria like? and tong uh, tacos he's got a and full on restaurant there <laughs> in his trailer. I, I think he cured like five diseases by giving me a cup of that birria. <laughs> like the the oh. what do you call that part? Uh, the stock. Yeah. 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 Um, it's so rich. Oh, geez. The consomme. Consomme. Right? Yeah. The consomme. Thank you, Matt. Like, that was Eric, actually. Eric. Uh, we're going to get Eric on here, too, in a minute. Um, actually, you know what? Can we get Eric? Eric, you down to come talk a little bit? American Overland? Um, it's, it's just such a, it's such a game changer at camp. And one person that's used this a lot, that actually used it last night to make one of my favorite after-dinner dishes is Eric and... Here, you can take my mic. I don't have to talk this whole time. You guys don't want to hear my voice. You want to hear all these other interesting people. So introduce yourself and let us know who you are. Uh, Eric with uh, American Overland is the Instagram account. Big fan of the Scottle. Made, made dessert last night from a recipe that uh, Marco introduced me to. What uh, was that Marco's recipe first? Yeah, Marco made that at camp one time. I oh. fell in love with it. And, and it is so it. good. He's, he's now, he now owns it, though. I've, yeah. adop I've yeah. adopted <laughs> it as my go-to. Like, it's a crowd pleaser. Hard, like, hard to walk away from. It's but like, it's, hey, Eric, you got uh, any of that pepper jelly? Yeah, okay, you can come. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, my, it's, my, it's my ticket to be invited. Uh, brie, right? But it's a, uh, it's a simple recipe with a wheel of brie, a little bit of butter, and you... Uh, kind of cook it low and slow 
and wait till the breeze kind of inflating. It's all kind of uh, molten, gooey cheese inside of the rind. And then you dump a jar of pepper jelly on top. And it's this beautiful combination of creamy and sweet and spicy. And it works surprisingly well as a dessert. Uh, so some toasted baguette and oh yeah. yeah we're all happy about it oh it was delicious yeah i was with my daughter at the fire and he just yelled out breeze done and the whole camp disappears <laughs> and all of a sudden they're up here around that scottle like just like a bunch of seals waiting for <laughs> waiting for food to come so uh we had a cleanup that we did uh with tread lightly in the national forest service and eric came out to it um and did that and everybody freaking loved it and then we went camping it was me matt and eric with our wives uh me and matt's wives and then eric of course with leroy uh leroy jenkins the best doberman that ever was um he came and he brought it and we like it was only four of us by that time of night because it was like 11 o'clock and we're like we're kind of hungry Eric, you, you got that brie? Eric's like, yeah, I got the brie. And so Eric, like, throws it on the scottle. And it's not something you would expect to cook on a pan. Like, you're like, that's going to get messy. It's going to get terrible. But it, like, again, we'll let Eric talk about the cleanup on that because it's really cool how he does it. Um, and Marco actually has something I saw last night, which was really cool. I'm like, what is that piece of chain mail? We'll talk about it. Um, but uh, but Matt, you got to... You got to experience uh, the brie, I mean, and seeing the scotto at work. Like, what was your thoughts? Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, it's Matt, 321 Adventure. Scottle worked last night for, what, we had six different meals made on scottles last mm-hmm. night. Everything from steaks to chicken to spaghetti, tacos this morning, brie. Uh, the brie is amazing. Tacos amazing. The thing is amazing. And uh, like you said, easy to clean watching. Marco this morning with his trick of chainmail, which he'll talk about, was a uh, pretty epic. Actually, I got that one from Eric. The, the piece of chainmail, <laughs> yeah. really? See, shared secrets, shared secrets. Yeah, sh- shared secrets all around camp. But the the chainmail rings on on cast iron or the scottle is a great way to preserve the uh, like the natural nonstick that that kind of the seasoning. The yeah. seasoning, and, and the more times you use the scottle the more non-stick it becomes. Oh, yeah. It, you just don't... Uh, we don't clean ours with rock salt or any type of detergents. Uh, really, the best thing to use is, like, these, this circular chainmail device. I found one from the uh, cast iron company Lodge at Target, and it works great. It doesn't scratch the metal, but it lifts off any baked-on uh, food and, and keeps all of the, uh, the seasoning on there. So the next time you go to use it, I, I, I believe that Luke uh, made a quesadilla after making bacon and was pleasantly surprised to have a bacon-flavored quesadilla. <laughs> that tasted great. The, the flavor adds up on the scottle over time. It's amazing. Dude, uh, last night, uh, me and Matt had to go run a rescue mission uh, to go find some uh, campers that were out and about. We wanted to tell some of the surrounding campsites that where we were so that if anyone got lost... And we got back, and Marco was a little peeved. He was a little upset, I think, where he's like, the food's cold. And, you know, like, Marco puts a lot of love, heart, and energy into his food, and uh, he's like, the food's cold. But it was still amazingly delicious. Um, but, uh, um, God damn it, I'm losing track again. I had such a... Yeah, the seasoning. So, the... Exactly. So, the bluefin, the fatty bluefin tuna that Marco had cooked prior to cooking his shrimp tasted like bacon 
on the shrimp. And I'm like, did you cook bacon? Because I was weird. I haven't seen Marco do bacon like that. And he goes, no, 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 man. That was the bluefin tuna still like yep. left over from the pan that had infused with the flavor on the shrimp. And it was just amazing. Like these little crunchy crumbles. Yeah, use the same oil. Oh, dude, it was yeah. so, so good. And uh, anyways, I mean, yeah, the... The, the pan is kind of like a cast iron, right? Like it's Yeah, it's steel. It's the same material as cast iron. You know, cast iron is cast and ours are pressed. But it's the same steel. And you season it like you don't like, yeah, you don't want to treat it like cast iron. You don't want to use chemicals and all that to no, like clean no. it. it just... And like the best cleanup is uh, you put water in it, bring it up to a boil, use a spatula, scrape whatever's on there, and you're good to go. And if you've got any, you know, grit, then you use the chain mail. But typically what sticks in the bottom of a scottle is sugar. Uh, sometimes you don't even know you're cooking with sugar, but there's sugar in almost everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, sugar gets hard at the bottom. You put the, the water in, bring it up to the boil, the sugar melts, you wipe it out, you're done. Yeah. Well, I, like, I haven't had a mad sticking problem with it. Like, I almost think it acts better than cast iron, personally. But even eggs, like, I've made eggs on it more than anything else probably and i uh i've never had the cleanup problem like it was it was pretty simple well you know what uh, modern cast iron literally you know, they cast it in sand and it's a rough surface if you got if you buy cast iron from uh the 1900s turn of the century they're smooth they're uh, they're slick like the scottle so that's true cast iron is a slick pan. Really? Not a not like the rough not the rough stuff that you use. That's that's a modern pan because yeah. they do it too quickly. Oh, interesting. No one takes the time to actually smooth it, you out. Know, smooth it out or mill it or whatever they do. Mm. Well listen, we're gonna say goodbye to Marco real quick because uh, we're all actually packing up camp. We did this at the final hour this morning on our final day of our trip. Hey dude, thank you so much for everything this weekend. It was so great. Thank you guys. It was awesome. And yeah, I gotta go and clean up the kitchen and, and the <laughs> scuttle and pack everything so we can uh, get out of here. Can you uh, just one last time let people know where they can find you and then if they want to get your cookbook, I would highly recommend it. Do you still have copies for sale? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm at OVR LNDX on YouTube, on Instagram, Facebook, and OVRLNDX.com. That's uh, there's a link to, to get the cookbook and some uh, cool pictures there. Awesome, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Always a good time. All right, guys. Love you. Thank you, Marco. Thanks, Marco. I'll, All right. I'm not leaving. I'm just... Yeah. We're like, we're going to let Marco go cook something right now. Yeah, we're not leaving until Marco cooks. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be lunch soon. <laughs> I still got food in my fridge. Do you really? <laughs> we'll go just pass it on to Marco. We all came stacked on this trip. It's It was such a good eating trip. You still got some bratwurst I saw in your fridge. There are some bratwurst. Yeah, spying in there. It's the munchy food. Yeah, checking case, out checking out the new fridge slide. Had me looking in your fridge. That fridge slide is awesome. Now, we have something new. Yeah, so well, now there is the tilt that you can attach to your existing slide. So if you already have a slide, like say you're a Toyota Jeep guy, it doesn't matter the platform. You have a slide, and you've maybe noticed that when you pull it out, you wish it was lower uh, there are some things on the market. They cost like a thousand bucks, but they'll come down. It'll it'll go down. It's cost prohibitive, especially if you already have a slide. You already have your fridge. Do you really want to spend that much more money to get yet another thing? And then maybe you could sell that old one. I don't know. It's too much hassle. Keep your slide. But this new product that Jerry has just done, and this this episode won't come out for another month or so. So I think by that time we're it we're should be, be on the website by yeah, then. We'll be in a good spot. Yeah, it's a universal tilt slide adapter. 
Yeah, and it'll bolt up to Timbo Tusk slides, of course. But if you have a, uh, a another uh, make of uh, slide, uh, you know it'll still. It might not bolt up. You might need to drill a hole, but it will bolt up to uh, to anybody's slide. Little bit of adjustment here and there, but uh, but no reason for it not to work. And it turns a flat slide into a tilt slide. That's so big. And you don't have to buy a second slide. It just it's an adapter. It uses your existing slide, and uh, the one that I have on my Jeep right now is our prototype, right? Yeah, you're the very first one. Fuck yeah, I like being first. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, that slide, the first thing I thought of when I first saw it was a lot of my friends are in trucks, and they have the decked system. Yes. And then they'll put a slider on top of that. And especially with these really tall trucks these days, I mean, even a stock 2500 is really tall then even for adding... a tall guy trying to look into the fridge yeah. is difficult but they'll do the slider on top of you know the the deck system right. or a goose gear system something like that well now with that just pull it down it rocks down i mean even you you know you're really tall right now because you're sitting on about eight inches of rock to level you out and you're i mean your your fridge is like six feet high right now yeah yeah and, I'm, I'm six feet tall and my fridge is uh, about at my chin level I, I was a little bit jealous of uh of ali's new slide system fridge slides out and then tilts down at about a 30 or 40 degree it, angle it goes about 28 degrees something for people to understand is that fridges these camping fridges are uh, designed to operate up to 30 degrees. Yeah, I didn't okay. know that. And, uh, so you, you don't want it tilting so you don't much want more tilt than that? more than 30. So ours stops at about 28 degrees. And that way it can run all night long tilted. Oh, that's fantastic. But, uh, but if you get a, a tilt slide that tilts 35, 39, 40 degrees, you know, it might, it's not good for the fridge. You know, yeah. quick, quick little plug, just because I love Snowmaster, and, you know, gosh, my relationship with them goes back like five years. Uh, Todd's a great guy over there, and his Snowmaster fridge um, has been in situations where the Jeep has been laid over on its side. It's been running for the last five years, pretty much nonstop. I leave it on. I, I have like kind of my short power connection to the Jeep at home, and I just leave it on, and it has run without fail. Like so, the thirty degree thing was surprising to me because this thing, not only in crawling have we been more than thirty degrees, but um, oh, short short periods of time is not a big it's, deal. It's run great. Yeah, yeah. It's just if you're gonna leave it all night. Don't discredit how good those snowmasters are. Oh okay, no, they're good. <laughs> they're good. No, that's the snowmasters in this little trailer I got. Oh, you got the snowmaster too. Yeah, yeah. and that thing took a pounding <laughs> this week, <laughs> and I was like, oh, please don't break the fridge because it's not my trailer. It's it's Tony and. Uh, Troy from Romer's trailer. I borrowed it for them, from them for this trip with my daughter. And the whole time we were on some of those washboard roads and, you know, a couple whoopsie do moments like that little drop off. I don't know if you guys saw me. I think you were behind me. I went like <laughs> flying off that thing. The, the fridge is perfectly fine. The thing's built like a brick house. Yeah. I know exactly what drop off you're talking about in Fish Creek. After doing Diablo drop off <laughs> and out in Fish Creek. There, there's there's like a it's a jump there's and like a two foot it. curb yeah. that just is like you don't see it it just blends right in with the desert sand but if you know about it, it you gas into it yeah 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 send it my daughter loved it didn't you yeah <laughs> and there Did you, you have it enjoy the food from the scotto last night yeah what was your favorite food the chicken yeah i love the chicken that's right 
Good yeah. choice. See, th- and there, that is a true review right there. Yeah, right. That is no for the gram, like, oh, I'm just being nice. No, that's a real review these little kids give. It's, it's quite amazing. She would straight up say, like, the chicken was horrible. Like, I hate chicken. Like, <laughs> that's what she would have said. Um, that was my Persian saffron chicken, actually. Like I said, I've made this, I've made this dish before. I did it from scratch. I did it on the scholar. It came out great. came out different. Honestly, it was almost more, like, stew-like because we were boiling it more than we were frying it. And now having used it once and this is pretty normal but you're going to figure out okay using this type of cooking apparatus what would i do better or different and i know now like i would probably drain a lot of the liquid because the scottle doesn't you know it it cooks at a nice even temperature where i don't have to worry so much about having so much liquid in there not to have it all completely boil off quick um i went in too heavy so i ended up a little soupy it's still delicious uh but next time i think i'm gonna i'm gonna put the chicken in just just grill the chicken just first. grill the chicken pretty much on the scottle and i think will be money but um it it worked great small improvement but that was fantastic so i want to go back to this adventure scottle because that thing when i first saw it i was like that's my spirit animal and it's not just for motorcycle guys i mean i'm going to use it on a motorcycle that's why i want to buy that one but for me and the way i'm camping right now it's pretty much just me and my daughter any future plans i have on on doing you had your setup on a tip. It fits uh, kind of perfect on a tailgate or a right. little table. I, for me, it's my go-to. You know, typically if I'm camping, I'm really just cooking for me. And uh, I, I just pull out the Adventure Scottle. I'm finding a lot of the Overlanders. They've already bought the big one. And when they go on their own, they take the little one. Yeah, and I mean, like with Marco, he's using it for different things. So, yeah. like, I wouldn't hate if I had a big one and the little one. I would probably do, like, I'm going to do bacon on the big one, do eggs on the little one at the same time kind of thing. But, um, well, like, man, la- last is, night we did, so cool. we did uh, spaghetti. That's an unusual. That people is go, unusual to that see is Because a, a lot of people go, oh, I love your scottle. I just wish it did spaghetti or noodles. And it's like, of course it does. You really perfected that recipe. You should talk about that a little Barry bit. because it's working on it for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's come together really, really nice. Yeah, You're right. It does have a carbonara-esque well, yeah, to it, but it, it is. it's a unique cooking method. and We use, like, a, a, a beef broth. And, uh, and we, we use that instead of water. Of course, you can add water. It doesn't matter. But beef broth, essentially. It soaks and, into and the that, pasta, right? That yeah, re- it soaks right into the pasta. Rehydrates the noodles and becomes the sauce. Yes. And then we add milk to, uh, to the sauce. Okay. And that gives it a nice creamy feel to it. And salt, pepper. Uh, we, we did bacon. That. Well, this is where we used the, the Adventure Scottle. We cooked our bacon. You know, we cut it in, in quarter-inch pieces and cooked it on the Adventure Scottle to get it crispy. And then as the uh, the spaghetti was almost ready, we dumped all the bacon, and you just can't make too much bacon. We be- dumped it into the uh, spaghetti, and then boom. It was it was like, it's a great, uh, it, it just feels good at camp. Yeah, you, you want something, that comfort food. Yeah. And there's yeah. nothing like spaghetti or noodles. I mean, you can do, you know, any kind of noodles. Uh, you know, it can be spaghetti or, you know, elbows or... Uh, or twisties doesn't matter. Bow ties, yeah. fusilli. Yeah. Well, you always you always think of spaghetti or pastas in general as needing to be boiled in a large amount of water, right? In a pot, like it kind of goes against what you normally would think of in terms of preparing. Yeah, pasta. This, as the as the water boils off, you just add more water until your pasta's done, and then uh, and, and then you add the sauce. You know, the milk and the broth is the sauce, so you don't want it to boil all the way, right? And uh, but like I say, you add to it as you're cooking, 
you know, as it burns it off or as it boils it off, you just add more. And uh, it's the same as, you know, similar difference to a pot, except it's in that shallow pan. Yeah, and, uh, and the fact that you have different heat zones makes it so that the water is simmering or boiling in the very middle, but on the outside, it's not, it's, it's still hot enough to, I think, get the pasta soft. Yeah. And you move the pasta around a little bit, but you're not, you're not boiling it crazy where you're going to evaporate all that water so fast. No, no, yeah, no. Like you, again, you know what, uh, control your burner, you know, a, a medium flame is, is your friend. And, uh, if you crank the burner, yeah, then you start burning stuff. Yeah, it gets it gets real hot real fast. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with with the full Scottle kit, it does have some accessories. There's a little elevated screen platform yeah, that we kind of a steam tray. The steam tray, and so the steam tray with the lid actually creates a steam oven. And I've brought burritos from home that are pre-prepped for camping. They'll just be wrapped in foil. And I can put them on that little steam tray with just a couple ounces of water in the scottle, throw the lid on top, and it becomes like a steam oven. It's almost like throwing your potatoes into the fire. You just throw it in there on the scottle. Yeah, and it, it, it can, you can reheat like leftovers from home just wrapped in a small foil package without burning them or like having them on a direct source of heat at all. And it, it, it works out super well for, you know. Yeah, we, we did this trip. We did biscuits. Uh, and they were absolutely perfect. Betsy, Betsy, uh, Nathan's wife, Betsy, actually made the biscuits, right? They had gravy. Like, yeah. They did it up. Unbelievable job. But the biscuits turned out fabulous. And, uh, again, just a little bit of water. You don't want to drown it, and it's it's elevated, but uh, it's just to create the heat. And another thing that we do is uh, sweet rolls in the morning. And, uh, and people like them because they're moist, as opposed to dried out in a, you put them in an oven and they become very dry. But on the scottle, with the with the moist heat, they're just they just kind of like fall apart in your hand. Somebody in your was mouth. supposed to make cinnamon rolls. Yeah, how we did we not eat my cinnamon rolls this morning? Dude, I know. It's I had I, I had some in my truck and he's too. Like, yeah. come over here. We're like, okay. Eat tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marco had breakfast tacos, which distracted us from cinnamon <laughs> rolls. The, but last night we heated up an apple pie from Julian. And, uh, yeah, that and was awesome. That, we had ice cream because Jerry has a freaking freezer in his Snowmaster. He's got a two zone. <laughs> so we, zone. we had a, we had hot apple pie and ice cream oh, after having like six different meals, potluck style, <laughs> from each little campsite. It, it was yeah, fantastic. We just went from camp to camp to camp. <laughs> it was funny because some, some people might look down on a group as large. I mean, what, 15, 16 rigs in total on this trip? Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome for me with my daughter because, you know, she, there were no kids here, but she still was having a blast. She's off right now with Marco's whole family playing with the puppies. But um, back to that adventure thing, thinking about I just thought of this. Like, my rig that I built to take with me on my bike is a jet boil with a pot pan and all these things. That's the one thing I noticed was the cleanup. My cleanup, and on a motorcycle, trash sucks. Right. It just does. It's like I try to do things where I don't have to have trash. And, man, like thinking about it, even backpackers would probably be better off, especially if you're packing in your camp, you know, like doing a – like we, we call them spike camps, you know, where we'll have our main camp set up, but then we're going to hike in somewhere. We're going to camp there for a few days because the elk have moved or, you know, this is where we're spotting from. But I think that adventure would pack up to the same size as my entire burner setup for my and i mean obviously there's the msr stuff and the ultralight okay whatever it's three pounds 
I'm 240 and I'm about to haul down 100 pounds of elk meat. I don't care about three pounds right. if it's convenient and I'm not having to pack out all this trash and everything else. And like you saw yesterday, I just used my bacon grease and, you know, cooked eggs, cooked everything else because I'm like, why not? You know, it's natural. But I don't know if you, you've thought of it for that, but that's something I could see. I mean, as long as you're not doing cross-country hiking, I think uh, I, I think you'd be you'd be fine with it. The fact that you don't have to bring five or six other items, you bring one item and uh, and butane gas, which is very light. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I say, clean up is water and boil. Yeah, and you're done. Well, speaking of hiking, I mean, if you guys haven't heard the episode, I would go. I would suggest to go back. I don't know. It's towards the beginning, I think, when we had Eric on, maybe episode four or five, something like that. But Eric has done the Appalachian Trail. What would you think about something like that? I agree with Jerry's comment for for a really long hike like that. Yeah, it's too heavy it, for for because hikers be deal in ounce, in, um, in grams is what they do. Yeah, really? motorcycle yeah. guys deal in in ounces, and overlanders, you know, we, we don't care. But like for a, but like for a short like like he was like Luke was talking about for a short, short. Hike out or you know short trip where you're not traversing like thousands of miles, right? Absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. and especially like he said for the spike camp, you're, you're gonna you're going to pack out and then you're going to be at a different camp for a little while. It's way more convenient than bringing a whole kitchen of pots, pans. You really just need like a spatula. I like uh, for certain items and the brie uh, dessert dish uh, is a good highlight on it. But uh, for certain items, you can just put a layer of foil over the scottle. If you're not doing a lot of stirring or like stir fry kind of uh, mixing around with the brie it just kind of sits there but then you end up pouring a whole jar of jelly on it uh, but the cleanup ends up being nothing because I throw a layer of foil down on top of the scottle and then you just roll up the foil and cleanup is a breeze it's scottles ready for breakfast so for for a little spike camp it sounds like the perfect size item for raft packing bike packing canoeing Oh, yeah, it's so I, we, we get we sell a lot to the size. Uh, to the kayakers and uh, and the river rafters. Yeah, river rafters will actually use the big one, uh, mm-hmm. because again they don't really care about the weight, but the kayakers use the small one because it fits in their kayak. Yeah, it. I mean, my last spike camp was eight miles. I wouldn't mind hauling that eight miles compared to also the the packability of my you know jet boil stuff. It's not very packable. Where when I saw you having it all packed up in one little kit i was like "Ooh, yeah it's like, two I inches throw thick that in my backpack yeah. <laughs> like just toss it in on top and and head out or even strap it to the back of my of my pack you know we've been uh we've been using the word adventure scotto but the word adventure is there and i don't want to get far away and i'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about the fact that jerry's part of Really, Jerry's part of the group that was overlanding before overlanding was overlanding before it became this kind of scene, like industry, like massive industry now. Um, can you talk to us about kind of getting started in off-roading, overlanding, camping, all that? Well, yeah, I, I started uh, off-roading with an MGB sports car. But that's a, that's a <laughs> that's a good story. That's a, yeah, but that, too that, long for this one. Was that, was that yeah. intentional, or did you just drive off story. the road? <laughs> yeah, that's when I decided. Mm, I think I need a Subaru. And then <laughs> hey, we but, got them. Me and Eric are working on two Subaru projects right now, side by side. It's going to be bitching. But what uh, really getting to to your question there is uh, back in 1984. Oh, wow. I left London, got on a, uh, a, a an old uh, army truck 
which would have been a, uh, a Bedford truck, a British uh, ex-army truck. And we went from London to South Africa no, on this okay. truck. So, you know, went through all of Europe, got into uh, Morocco, uh, through Algiers, oh, wow. through the, the Sahara Desert, you know, Niger, all the way down. We crossed uh, the Congo, uh, you know, across Africa, went to East Africa, um, you know, actually camped in the Serengeti. Wow. And, uh, and then, you know, found our way all the way to South Africa where the trip ended. I think it was a four-month trip. No way. And now that, uh, you, we went to... That's an overland trip. Do you have a gnarly story from that? <laughs> Dude, we are so overland newbies when it comes to this guy. Like, <laughs> that trip is insane. Well, you know, the funny thing, you know, this is fancy camping is what we do here. But it's comfortable and it's fun and it gets, it's gotten us out. Because, uh, I mean, true overlanding, you know, it started in both South Africa and uh, Australia. When they go out, they are out. I mean, there's no rescue. There's nobody saving you. There's nothing. There's no supermarkets. There's no gas. You get out there, and you got to be self-sufficient. Now, we've taken what they've done and applied it to our, our camping here. And it's turned out it's really a comfortable way to go. And I wouldn't do it any other way. You know, but... If, in reality, we're no, we're never further than 50 miles from a supermarket or a gas station, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah, and for me, it was always the like where I when I started talking to them and I met I met Ollie and Tony, it was a okay. I want to go some. I'm I'm not just going to camp to camp. I'm going somewhere to do something. And like the application of that, and like when I was a kid, it was riding motorcycles in Glamis. You know, it's like. Like, so when I first, I was like, oh, like car camping, or I was always, man, I wish I had that when I was 16, driving my Dodge power wagon, you know, to Glamis to go motorcycling for, you know, three, four days over Easter weekend or something like that. But the, uh, coming out here and being able to just bring my daughter, it's a whole, it's made, it's made me fall in love with it just to get my daughter out of the house. She hasn't asked for the iPad the entire time. Right. She hasn't asked for any normal accoutrement she would have at home. She's just been roaming around, and everybody's trying to make sure she doesn't fall into a cactus or get bit by a rattlesnake. That's about <laughs> it, you know? But the other thing about the overlanding gear is that it makes it easier. I, I can't stand tents. Uh, you know, I hate like the setup tents? of a tent, a ground okay, tent. Yeah. It, you know, it's 20 minutes of setup, and then let's say it rained. Now it's a mess to, to, yeah. to fold up. Roof tent. Now, that's a pleasure. It takes 30 seconds to open. Boom, you're done. That means you're not in camp for the next half hour setting up your camp. You can set it up in 30 seconds and take down, ah, you know what, even if it's raining, it's not that big a deal because it's up on top of your vehicle. Right. It's not muddy and, uh, you know, it's not dirty. You just close it up and you're off to the races. Yeah, it takes me longer to set up my chair than it does my tent. Right. And I like it that way. Yeah. And for me with my young one, being able to put her up, there last night and then go hang out with you guys at the campfire and no i don't have to worry about scorpions spiders snakes right all those other dangers that i've heard horror stories from and i've come into experience myself you know camping out of a ground tent um which i still have to do on the motorcycle and trust me it's like okay let me clear out this area is everything cool i do like a once around one time i i mean I, just just the fire ants out here will get you I like accidentally in, in big bear going up the 2 set up right next to a nest fire and all my friends are on rooftops like ha 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 i was just like i mean obviously on the bike it's what i have to do but with her and i know if my wife comes out here with me she's never done this i 
you know, married a six foot Italian lawyer from New York City. This is, and she's just now like, she wants to come because she's seeing how much fun, you right. know, my daughter's having out here. But she's going to want that comfort, you know. She's going to, to get her out here, it's going to yeah. take that. But I know once she's out here, she'll love it. But overlanding affords you the comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we have fridges. It's, I was watching, you know, we, we came into this camp area. We had to go through a, a more or less established campground. Right. And I was watching what everyone was doing in their camp as we were driving through. And, you know, and they got totes and they got coolers. and But it's all makeshift. And it all looked like a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, and I remember as a kid, you know, that's how we camped. It was always a lot of work. I, I always say my dad used to throw me in the back of his Taurus, his Ford Taurus, and entomb me within sleeping bags and fishing poles and right. everything. And I was literally, like, stuck. Like, I was in this little sealed like vacuum sealed package in the back of the Taurus for the next six hours on the way to Sequoia, you know, but that's, I, I call it what we do now. Honestly, it's car camping 2.0. It's back in the day. My dad always bought the best stuff that he could get. And Coleman was the name, you know, you had the Coleman burner, the lantern, you know, off of the propane with the little, those little, uh, um, what do you call those little tiny bags? Those yes. little, and they would like light up and it was your light. It was a little bit of heat. You know, those things got kind of hot. Um, but that's how we camped. And uh, and now to be able to have everything like inside my Jeep. Um, so like even even like for those of us who like to kind of what we call rock land, like we like to rock crawl and we like to overland. It's like you get stuck. Oh, well, let's go pull a beer out of the fridge while we figure out this problem, you know, and, and figure out how to fix this. It's like everything's already here and I don't have to really fidget with anything. Yeah. The fridge thing for me was the second coming at at camp for seven days it was like i have a fridge my guys we were three hours from the closest gas station and that's one way right so these guys would have to do runs into town and we didn't even have anything killed on the ground yet so they were having to run into town just to get ice to keep up their food and things like that i'm like man you're gonna drive six hours that's half your hunting day you know and i'm just sitting there with a fridge and a 50 watt you know solar panel and a little 400 goal zero and i was fine but that was my first kind of aha was the fridge thing right and i i thought it was ridiculous like i teach like you guys this is not camping this is glamping no these these creature comforts are nice and especially if you're using this to go out and do something whether it's you know motorcycling or maybe you want to go camp and go hike some gnarly trail or climb a mountain or or whatever it is ride a motorcycle it's it really is a lot easier to have those comforts um, right there. Speaking of comforts, a 250 with a four-wheel camper just pulled up, and I'm like, "Yo, that is a dope setup." <laughs> Leroy's right behind you. Uh, we just had another uh, couple of vehicles come in, like Luke said, and uh, Leroy's usually off-leash because he's an extremely well-trained uh, dog. Um, and we just saw another dog come into camp, so Leroy tends to get a little uh, protective. But looks like all is okay. Um, yeah, you know. When you first saw the Scottle, was that in South Africa? Yes. That's the first time I'd ever seen one. You know, my wife's from South Africa. So we travel there uh, regularly. And, uh, you know, we'd go camping. uh, We'd go on safari. And there's always a a Scottle. So your wife, Nolene, right? Yes, correct. You could say she might be responsible for the Scottle then. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Because I'm getting you brownie points. You're welcome (laughs) in America. In America? Yeah, in America. Yeah, because when our uh, original South African uh, Scottle uh, started petering out and breaking, um, 
you know what? I had to make one. Yeah. And uh, most of the Temple Tusk gear is because I actually need it camping. Right. You use it all. I use it all because I need it. Yeah. So I build it. And it turns out other people kind of, uh, you know, appreciate it and like it as well, which is handy. Nolene's also pretty creative herself, isn't she? Yeah, she does. Uh, she makes jewelry. Yeah, I, I was. I so I got to spend some time with Jerry and his son Brian and his whole team over there at Tembo, and every single person, from your son to the guys just helping out, are some of the greatest people. Um, just good job on your son, by the way. Like, if I can, if I can have the relationship I have, you have with your son, with my own, I've done something very well. You know, so it's great to see well, appreciate Thank how you. you guys connect. Um, yeah, of course, man. Um, I always take notes like like, for instance, Brad from Trail Recon, um, the way he is as a father and seeing his sons, Devin and Jordan, you know, them grow up and, and kind of come into their own. Um, I always take notes. You know, I see Luke with his daughter. You know, I I have a lot of friends who have kids, my buddy Matt with his two daughters. And it's always great for me as a father to see how other fathers have done or how they do. And you've you've managed to create a really great relationship i mean the fact that your kid wants to work with you and for you that's a testament <laughs> we're very lucky very that's, lucky i'm very happy i remember brian and the whole tembo test crew were wearing freaking elephant onesies and i was at <laughs> overland expo at some party and i was already on a good one you know i was i had a couple beers in and i was just like there was this crazy light show that waypoint overland had like you know set up this party that i crashed and i remember uh phil from waypoint comes up to me and goes ali where he goes I know you're crashing the party, but as long as you're willing to engage, I'm like, oh, bro, you don't know me. I'm, I'm all about the engagement. And I like jumped right into his party and I had the best time. And next thing I know, I'm being surrounded by like five dudes in onesies, elephant onesies, Tembo onesies, right? Tembo means uh, elephant, elephant. Elephant in Swahili. In Swahili. So a bunch of Tembos came and surrounded me and started hopping around me like crazy. And I'm like, I love these guys. These are my kind of people. And, uh, and and that was rad. But Nolene, um, she does jewelry. And I got well, to she, spend time. She even time. has a, uh, a jewelry I, studio. Yeah, I saw the studio. Teaching That's studio. Dude, dude, you you brought me up there. And I'm like, <laughs> what the? Like, if you would have asked me, Oli, what do you think is up here? I was definitely, the, the how nice it is. Like, you really went out of your way to build her a really nice spot. Yeah, no, she's, she's happy up there. and She uh, teaches. Well, yeah, she teaches. She brings in teachers. Uh, and then she's just her personal studio for uh, for you know building her jewelry, doing her jewelry. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff too. Yeah, and I'm like wife's presents are now handled, done. <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to look, go to uh, nolene.com. How do you spell that? It's n o h l i n e dot com. That's and, a great uh, go URL. from there. Awesome. So uh, if anybody's worried about their next Valentine's Day or birthday or Christmas present for the wife, I don't think your wife would be bummed to get any Not at all from that collection. That was just a little plug because I was so, like, Jerry didn't ask me. Jerry wasn't like, hey, Ali, so could you please plug uh, Noli? No, none of that. That never happens here, honestly. I mean, there's sponsors sometimes that we've had to where we make sure we call them out. Right now, I'm sponsor-free. Right now, I get to run this podcast the way I want to run it with the people I want to run it with. And... So when I when I tell you guys something, I am not getting paid to tell you. I'm, there's no incentive for me other than I meet great people who make great products, who have things that you want. And that's it. I swear to God, that's all I want for you guys. Like, I don't want to sell you anything that you're going to come back to me and go, Ollie, what the fuck? Like, you said this on your stupid podcast, and I hate it. Like, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because I've been fortunate enough, even though I've been sponsored to the upteenth level, right? I've been fortunate enough to be able to, like, from the 5.11 days, 
call out who I wanted to work with. So I had a choice of working with some of the best people. And um, that's what I've tried to bring, you know, when Frank and I were doing this, uh, when we were doing it, like that's always what we tried to bring is the best shit that we could of our own experiences. Like you won't find me plug in a lot of cheap ass stuff. Uh, there might be some Chinese made products, but go ahead and reach into your pocket, pull out your iPhone, take a look at China and tell me that you don't like Chinese products because you fucking love it. You can't live without it. And so some products do come from China. Granted, the Tembo stuff is amazing because he's almost, you're just about vertically integrated into everything you do. You've got powder coating, you've got laser cutting, you've got, got seasoning, <laughs> uh, yeah, press. Everything yeah, is made kill. in our shop. Yeah, everything is made. So it's all American made, American labor. Unbelievable. And yeah, it's awesome. Which It's awesome what you've created. And uh, I only say this because sometimes I'll like, you know, my kick-ass Chironing, those like, I owe those guys nothing right now, but I love that awning because it's my privacy tent. It's my shower tent. As a professional partaker and spender of money on things that you've told me to purchase, you've never done me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. And uh, that's a hard thing to find these days as a partaker of information on YouTube, like actual good advice, not just look at what this guy gave me for free. So thank you from a spender of money on things for Overlander. You're welcome. I mean, I think the closest I ever got that people were a little miffed about was the supercharger on the Jeep. And I will tell you right now, I have zero fucking regrets because you know why? Because I'm an adult. I made a choice and I wanted to force induct the 3.6 liter Pentastar engine, even though it should not have been force inducted. Uh, it's not a motor designed to be force inducted, but that's my, the key right there. Yeah. If, if you're going to boost a motor that wasn't originally designed for excess pressure, Correct. you're going to have nonstop problems. There are certain American motors that can handle it, but uh, most motors these days are made to exacting tolerances for their horsepower, their pressure, their cycle rate, their fuel air ratio, and... and cracking into and reprogramming all of that is an undertaking and even if you do it right the seals aren't built to hold the pressure right. of a boosted motor and we saw what happened at summer camp when my motor finally gave up the ghost and uh paved the way for my v8 um but are you gonna boost that in any way no no i'm actually i might do a cam <laughs> but that's it um, that's a, that's an ls motor that can probably handle it yeah that that motor is built like a brick motor, shit house another 50 horsepower is not going to do anything to that motor no and that's why i chose that motor because i wanted something really reliable and dependable that i could increase just a little bit and still be totally fine and uh, it's but, serviceable and it's anywhere old, dude, anywhere everyone makes parts for it and uh i only bring this up because People were criticizing, you know, I had problems. I never tuned it. It was a heavy vehicle. That thing is tuned for like a stock weight vehicle. I never tuned it. Um, you should tune. If you go force inducted, no matter what, even if it comes with a stock tune, you should tune it. Um, you should do the upkeep. You should do the maintenance. Thank you for Natalia. Take care, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye guys. Nice Bye. meeting you all. See you, Mark. Bye. Travel safe. We've got people, uh, we've got people heading out. Anyways, let's... Uh, on that note, I love Jerry. Everything he's done. The tilt slide's bitchin'. I highly recommend you guys checking it out. The Scottle is a game changer for people at camp. Uh, the one and one and done kind of solution to cooking. And uh, Jerry, one more time, where can people find it? They can find it at uh, tembotusk.com. That's T-E-M-B-O-T-U-S-K.com. And we're on Instagram. Same spelling on uh, on Instagram. Awesome. And Eric, 
Always happy to be here with you, man. Yeah, this buddy. is such a nice weekend. I, always I need more of them. These. That's what I appreciate about you. <laughs> That's what I appreciate about you, Ali. So anyways, guys, thank you again for listening to yet another episode of Rick for Dirt. Uh, I am your ever-faithful host, Ali. Uh, you can find me at Kate the Jeep on YouTube at Fix, Break, Repeat. And uh, say bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs> thank you, Ali. Take care, guys. <laughs>